Intro music. Cue Here the intro is. music. I forgot oh, to play good. with the new generator, other than to make Supreme Court barbecue, which was not as good this time. No, it was different. Yeah. It wasn't as silly this time. Yeah. yeah, it was less distinctive. It wasn't, it didn't have that, you know, barbecue feel that mm. I was going for. I don't I'm think have the first to try one, it. I don't think the first one had barbecue feel either. No, it was like clowns in, in, at a circus. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You don't not, associate Benny Hill with with barbecues? No? Oh, People maybe. doing stupid things? Yes, uh, yeah. A little it's bit. possible. Yeah, I, I had a little Benny Hill. That that original music was more akin to Yakety Sax. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I, What's the difference I'm, between Yakety Sax and Benny Hill? Isn't that the same song? I thought they were the... Yeah, I thought Yakety Sax was a Benny Hill song. Are they the I think same they're thing? the same. I think so. I have yeah. no idea what the Benny Hill song is. So apparently... Oh, it's I that... Know, it's that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so it's the same thing. Okay, yeah. we're we're all speak on the same page about yeah. our our song. Our well, in case people music can't tell from what we're at. talking about, this is Squaring Minds episode twenty five for September twenty first, twenty twenty three. Yeah, and uh, we're three lawyer friends goofing around talking about music. I guess now that's I, what we do I, I on schedule you, this time. We did it. We did you. it intended. <laughs> yes, as expected. Yep, every two weeks. Here we are. Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> do I remember? The 21st day of September. Oh, oh, and that's today. Fire reference. 21st okay. night of September. Okay. Yes. Yes. Love yeah, that's today. It's in the way. What is it? Do you remember? It's Earth, wind and fire. My butt. Yeah. But <laughs> what's the next uh, lyric? If you don't remember the lyrics, there are a series of videos that I can direct you to. Uh, have you guys seen the Demi? I don't, I don't know, remember how to pronounce his last name. Electro Lemon on Twitter, his September 21 videos. Oh, where no. he he did this for years where he had increasingly elaborate ways to show the date of September 21, uh, where to the, at the end, he raised like a million dollars last time, uh, for like COVID relief or something. Um, and like it involved like a giant, like house production stuff where like a house was being tilted on its axis. Anyway, I'm going to have to show you, Put yeah, that this is not notes. making a lot of sense to me, but I, I, I think I get the idea. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> he said, "Like this has to be the last one because this took me like four months to make." So <laughs> I'm, I'm done. He's a writer on like The Good Place and uh, like ah. a bunch of uh, other stuff. Okay, gotcha. Um, that was the detail I wasn't I wasn't getting. Yes, okay. Electro Lemon mm. is Electro his Twitter Lemon. handle where he posted this stuff. You mean X? We don't have yes, an X story today. X we, we don't. We don't have a Twitter story today. I don't think. I mean, we're talking about Twitter a little bit now, but no. Let's let's just go the entire <laughs> episode. Let's just go one episode without saying that name. Let's just okay. go. All right, one, okay. One we'll just talk about X then. Yeah. No. 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 No X. <laughs> no X. We got. We have actual bona fide topics to talk about yeah, tonight. We do. That are okay. okay. That are law topics. Uh, that are not technology and like hating on he who shall not be named. So. Let's just have yeah. a night. That's a, a, okay. a night, a night free of he sh- who shall not be named. Voldemort. Okay. We'll call him if we have to. Okay. Uh, and uh, who who are we? Yeah, we should do intros. I'm Andrew oh, Lady. Yeah. I'm a tax and technology attorney, and I'm from New Jersey. I'm also now an adjunct professor at Drexel Klein Law School. Hey, hey, thank you. Thank uh, you. I, it is safe to say you are my favorite law professor at Drexel. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. All the others are offended, but I appreciate it. Well, I don't really care what they think. <laughs> Uh, Gina's uh, a, a law professor there too. She's a fan. She might listen. Oh, I take it back. <laughs> yeah, that's there right. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, you let man. There you Gina's go. Gina's my favorite now. There you go. Okay. Thank uh, you. So yeah, who else you we got, got here? 
you thought you were safe, but you nope. You made a you made an actual statement. Yep. Uh, I'm Shots I'm fired. Jake Schumer, Jacob Schumer, uh, Florida construction and land use attorney. I'm cool. Jason Ramsland. I am uh, the man for suing bad bosses in the state of Indiana. You can go to suemybadboss.com. That'll take you to my website. I sue people's bad bosses. Surprise, surprise. Are you totally done suing people in Georgia? No, no more not, suing people in not, Georgia? Not totally done. I got a couple of lingering things there. Uh, I'm actually doing a deposition in one on Monday that I'm pretty excited about. It's a, um, it's an overtime case that I'm pretty pumped up for. Uh, so excited about depositions. That sounds I, like the most exciting I, thing. I actually think that depositions are maybe the best way that I have as a litigator of contributing to the team. Like I, I think that I am okay at my job most of the time, but at depositions, I actually think I'm pretty good. I, I have a lot of fun doing it too. So I'm looking forward to it. I enjoy it. If I could I take would, depositions three days a week and like that was the main part of my job, I would do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that tracks. I wouldn't say you seem like conflict averse. Like, I, I think you you like <laughs> kind of digging in a little bit. Thank you. This is yeah. Andrew's way of saying, Jason, you seem like a real big jerk. No, 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 no. Like I would want, yeah, I would want you on my team with whatever, because I'm, I'm very much the opposite. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want any conflict. So like, I, I see the, uh, the skill there. I, I get it. Now, sometimes litigation, like I, sometimes it takes a while for me to allow it to soak in. That by being a litigator, I'm just going to have horrible people come into my life every once in a while. Oh, like, yeah. uh, you know, it's some a lot of the time I have opposing counsel who are like nice um, or, yep. you know, I, I would say 90 percent of my opposing counsel are nice. Ninety five percent for like, you know, at least respectful, considerate. But right. like then the other five percent are just like the worst. Uh, and I'm just like, how do you get about? How do you have friends? Do you have friends? I guess I shouldn't assume. How do people tolerate your existence yeah. on a day-to-day basis? How are you married? Who is it um, that hurt you to make you this way? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I can see ahead. that. I mean, it, it seems like uh, the kind of thing, sort of like working at the DMV. You're kind huh. of running into people when they are at their worst. But you're saying it's opposing counsel that's the biggest, that really is the... Like these bad people that are drifting into your life. You're saying it's other attorneys. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like okay. clients, I, n- my own clients, I like right. my clients. My cl- right. I'm usually not fighting with my clients anymore now that I'm not a public defender. Uh, <laughs> right. But my uh, opposing clients, I never talk to. So that makes sense. Because, you know, not allowed to. It's one of those for things. For the most part. But well, you talk to him um, in a deposition. Yeah. That's what, that's why when you get excited about how you get to talk. Well, I mean, maybe I like depositions because I tend to pick cases where my client is right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, your cases tend to have a sort of, um, moral, um, you get justice. Yeah. Yeah. There's some some sort of satisfaction there. Yeah. I I like to think so. I like to think so. So anyway, every once in a while, I have a deposition where I'm like, I have a smoking gun and I have it in writing Mm -hmm. and I can't wait to see what you say about this. I would say like a good 60 to 70 percent of the time I ask about that smoking. I, you know, I go around that smoking gun. The answer is so unsatisfying, even if it's good for my client. Right. Like, you know, even if it's good for my client, if they get super wishy-washy and, you know, don't really answer because that makes them look bad. Right. Um, it's not as fun as like 
you really want it to be satisfying that answer to be like, you know, uh, either a, a straight up admission or <laughs> right. yeah. getting super defensive uh, right. in that admission. But you know. a like screaming, you can't handle the truth type moment is what you're That's looking for. Exactly what I was going for. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you want that moment. You want that like Ben Matlock in the courtroom, <laughs> yeah. like, stunning the jury with this amazing revelation moment. And it turns out that it's just going to be cited in a motion for summary judgment. And it doesn't look as cool when it's on a deposition transcript. Uh, but you know, it's still fun to go out there and get it. I really like doing that. Was Matlock's first name really Ben? I'm pretty sure it was. I'm going to be wow. really embarrassed. Boy, I'm going to be just <laughs> filled with embarrassment if that's not it. Uh, you guys hold my beer while I Google. It's I'm okay. not You're sure I knew he had a first name. years old, so you, don't, you <laughs> yeah. have no obligation to know anything about Matlock. No. I mean, it that's absolutely just... was Ben Matlock. Yes. Okay. Wow. Benjamin I had no Layton idea. Matlock. That's a Southern name right there. Yeah, I had no idea he had a first name. That is classic <laughs> 90s, I've lost the television remote yeah. TV show, right? Like, I can't it's, find yeah. the remote. I'm not getting up. It's on, whatever. Yeah, it's t- it's 1 a.m. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the energy to find anything. <laughs> right. I'll just deal with this. Yeah, all right. What is he? Andy Griffith is doing what? Yeah. Okay. It's either 1 a.m. or you're sick and it's noon. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Stayed home from school and it's that. There's night uh, Night Rider repeats. Yeah, there's you guys remember Renegade, that weird uh, oh. TV show was on like USA in the 90s. It was about a guy who rode a motorcycle. Mm, and no. it was like oh, it's vaguely familiar. Yeah. 90s was big. Uh, have a hero, have a conveyance that was interesting. Right. The car yeah. talks. It's a, this guy has a motorcycle. Mm. He always rides. That was like 90 percent of writing a store, a, uh, a TV show for the 90s. Sequest. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You guys remember yeah. Sequest? That no. super cool submarine. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. OK, this is the animated show. No, no, oh, okay. it's a, no, never mind. No, you're thinking of C Lab. C Lab. That was C-Lab. like Comedy Central Adult Swim. Hey, guys, uh, we've been recording for 10 minutes and we haven't talked about the law yet. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm going to transition for you, you guys. Ready? <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to talk about the law all the time. I mean, yeah, we know. could talk about just being friends. I guess we did talk about the law. We talked about depositions and smoking guns yeah. and litigation and stuff like that. But yeah, I got we the totally for you. Yeah. Yeah. Some, ready? Somehow we ben parlayed Matlock. that into C Lab and Ben <laughs> Matlock. Okay, Ben Matlock was played by Andy Griffith, right? He yeah. was born in. 1926. So if he was alive today, he would be about 96 years old. Okay. And there's our segue. Are we ready? Oh, We're ready. Oh, that's very so, sad. So wow. There you go. So Andy Griffith would be about the age of Judge Newman. This is the story we've decided we're going to cover here, right? As our little mini topic. Judge Newman has been suspended. We talked about it, I think, a couple of uh a couple of episodes ago. It wasn't last episode, Maybe. was it? Oh, did we? I didn't I, I, I didn't did. remember that. Just in past, did we not? I don't know. Oh boy. I thought it we might did. have been okay. on uh, it might have been on your better podcast. Oh, my better podcast. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Judicial Council of the Federal Circuit issued an order on September 20th, 2023 concerning this judge, Judge Pauline Newman. She's 96 years old. She served on the court for 39 years. Uh, the order delves into sort of the concerns about her fitness to perform her duties and uh, she's been suspended and it's like repeatable for future years for a year, which is a long time for a 96 year old judge, yeah. I think. Sure. I mean, this is tantamount to removal, like is yeah. my perception. This, they're basically she's removed. Yeah. Um, Renewable or, one year or, suspension. Yeah. She's suspended until she resigns or yes. passes away. 
And so it wasn't just because she's she's 96 years old. There were a number of complaints about like cognitive issues, memory loss, confusion, focus, that kind of stuff. Some behavioral concerns. The stuff I read, they were talking about she had like some agitation, some paranoia. And then like also like physical issues. She had a heart attack and some other medical episodes and stuff. And like half of her staff resigned. Or something. And then yeah. some people like uh, they signed uh, what, like anonymous uh, affidavits saying like she's not fit. Yeah. It, and it some, like a, some, one of her staff pled the fifth, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is concerning. Yeah, I don't understand of, how they could possibly have criminal liability, but two uh, of Judge Newman's staff members resigned and one invoked the Fifth Amendment when questioned about her mental fitness. I mm. wonder if that staff member signed stuff for or oh. wrote stuff that the judge was supposed to do um. um that the judge was not mentally capable to do this this whole story is just sad like yeah. sad yeah um you know there's all kinds of like policy things you know things that we might think about when it comes to you know these lifetime appointments right in florida we have a mandatory retirement age of i think 75 yeah. um that just I got updated I think we have one in Indiana too. I don't know if it's 70 or 75, but I yeah. think we do, especially Same for, nature. for Supreme court justices, I think at least, and maybe appellate court judge, judges. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously there's no federal one. Right. So, I mean, I think that's the, the core kind of issue here is, and I, maybe that's something we can talk about. Like it, it's hard to talk about these sorts of, I, I find it difficult for, to talk about these kinds of issues and not have it come off as ageism. Right. Because it's difficult right. to, on one hand, you want to say something like, it seems like 96 years old, maybe that's too old to be a judge. Right. But I have difficulty sort of unwinding that from or, or sort of defending that against just simply being an ageist statement. I, I think that it's interesting because I didn't even know this act existed, this Judicial Conduct Act, which allows for removal for disability. So, Judge Newman. Sorry uh, Judge about that. Newman. Technical difficulties. Yes. <laughs> I was also unaware that there was any sort of act to remove her for uh, competence issues. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought pretty much life appointment was life appointment. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I was saying was, uh, or thinking was that, uh, like ageism at some point, you know, Alzheimer's or like degenerative, uh, right. you know, this kind of issues that affect your mind, uh, is going to become, becomes more and more common. And I think people just don't want to have to worry. It's hard to figure out exactly how long, how bad somebody is and, you don't want right. to have to go through this kind of painful investigation like happened right. with Judge Newman. Yeah. And right. so even if it's not like I'm sure there are plenty of very sharp 90 year old judges. Sure. Uh, but there is many. It's it's much more likely that you have Alzheimer's at 90 than you do at 45 or 50 and, or something yeah, like and, that. And even if it's not Alzheimer's, it can be just like garden variety dementia or just yeah. garden variety cognitive decline. And, and we already engage in ageism as a uh, policy matter because we don't let four-year-olds drive cars and we don't right. let 13-year-olds vote and we don't let 17-year-olds drink alcohol or buy cigarettes because these we recognize that there is a certain period of life where your cognitive capacity is growing and developing and your mind isn't fully formed yet and your, I don't know, prefront, prefrontal cortex or whatever right. your your uh reptilian brainstem doesn't yet understand that hey maybe some uh, restraint would be good here or maybe you're exercising bad judgment or maybe this is a risk you shouldn't be taking so we already right. recognize that on the front end 
But what we're talking about here is recognizing it on the back end. And there's is a really delicate uh, balance to strike here because there, Jake, you're absolutely right. There are plenty of very mentally sharp, you know, 90 year olds. My great grandfather and great grandmother, one on each side, were examples of that. But then you have examples like, you know, another member of my family who was not sharp at 72. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, it feels, uh, gross, I guess, to start subjecting folks once they reach a certain age to certain tests, but we kind of have to do it. And I think in some states you find that uh, DMV or BMV, whatever your state calls it, the motor vehicle regulatory authorities uh, start requiring that after a certain age, you have to retake your driving test. Whereas like now in your thirties, forties, fifties, you just you'd go back in and you're automatically renewed. Right. And so there has to be some way for the law to recognize cognitive decline is a real thing. Once you pass a certain threshold age. And, uh, I don't really want us to get into the situation where we're having like, uh, you know, tests to vote in an election. Uh, but when you're occupying a position, uh, a constitutionally, uh, appointed office that like, that has this kind of importance. We really ought to, uh, we, we really ought to have a safety net for it. Yeah. And the importance is kind of like the big deal with just like with the driver's license. Like if you screw up driving, you might kill somebody. Right. Judges, yeah. appellate judges and trial, you know, trial judges are yeah. appellate judges are making law. Trial judges are deciding the fate of people's all kinds of interests, jail, yeah, sure. going to jail. Right. Um, and so like, you know, it's you're going to throw out a few babies with the bathwater uh, by having mandatory retirement, and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's something where we care so much about, like, getting it right, because not getting it right is a disaster. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so. is there also not an argument like that, even on an individual basis, but just in terms of um, uh, I, don't, I haven't really fully thought this through, but like generational turnover, like an idea that. Um, as a policy, we may want to try to push the average age down independent of this individual Passing person. the torch. Yeah, yeah. There's just, it's yeah. like a more sort of writ large type of policy rather than an individual like... So this particular example, it seems like, to your point, there's plenty of 90-year-olds that are, uh, I'm sure, very with it and and can could still stand up to the rigors of being a, an appellate judge. No problem. It doesn't sound like Judge Newman was is one of them from what people are describing. I mean, they were saying that she needed uh, a chair every 10 feet in the hallway to get to her office from the elevators. And it sounds like there's like physical limitations as well to her being able to sort of exercise her her, her duties as a, as a judge. You know what I mean? Like her productivity yeah. was way down. This doesn't seem really like that much right. of an edge case as, as much as she just sort of didn't. I don't want to say fold, but like just didn't say, all right, I, I understand and retire. She kind of pushed back. Right. Well, we're seeing like the, the whole thing here. Yeah. This is her life. We're seeing yeah. this a lot happening like in the political realm now where we just have people hanging on for way too long. And like, you can look at the most uh, in your face example of it right now of, you know, the next presidential election at the moment looks like it has stands a reasonable chance of being what a 78 year old Donald Trump at the time of the election and an 80, what, 81, 82 year old like Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, or something mm -hmm. like that. And like, 
you at that point, they are already past the age where uh, you would start being reasonably suspicious of cognitive decline. In addition to the fact that they're both showing evidence of <laughs> cognitive decline. Uh, and so, it, and look, she made it to 96 uh, on the federal bench. And like, that's an accomplishment. Making it to 80 on the federal bench is an accomplishment. Making it For to sure. 70 on the federal bench is an accomplishment. There's a judge who I practice in front of in the Northern District of Indiana uh, who is incredibly sharp. And he was appointed to the federal bench the year I was born. He was appointed to the federal bench a month before I was born. Very sharp judge. Uh, he doesn't spend as much time in court as a lot of others. Right. Uh, might because he's taken senior judge status. And that's kind yeah. of what's supposed to happen in this situation is there is a very, very good shot that uh, she is still, uh, Judge Newman is still, it, when she is having good days, has an incredibly high level of legal acumen, good judgment, yeah. can, can do this job. And uh, like maybe a valuable asset as a senior judge, maybe closely monitored. Uh, I, I don't really know exactly what that looks like, but this is a serious problem and we're facing it with Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi is not showing a lot of signs of cognitive decline, but she is, uh, well-preserved and, uh, uh, you know, you're seeing it with Mitch McConnell, you're seeing it with, uh, with, uh, Feinstein. And so like, it's it's part of the big national conversation now. Frankly, I think it's ripe for action. But yeah. good luck with this House of Representatives and the Senate. Like uh, going playing that into Andrew's point about passing the torch. There are a lot of people who, but it's a trend of uh, this generation, this older generation, just not retiring. Yeah, well, they've started to retire now. Uh, yeah. I. Don't know what it's like to be that age of like 60, 70, where you're supposed to be retiring. Right. Uh, I can imagine all kinds of reasons why you wouldn't. It's like, but just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead. <laughs> right. It's not, it's not, if you have the financial capability to resign, right? You know, you can find some other outlet. That's, yeah. that's my suggestion. I don't, I don't sit in your shoes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, pride is definitely keeping people in their jobs, uh, lo- maybe longer than they should. Not everybody, obviously, but a whole lot of people seems to be happening. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's necessarily pride. Uh, I have very people that I care an awful lot about who continue to practice law well into their seventies and eighties. And like, it, it, it's not always about pride. And it's certainly, I mean, in these cases that I'm thinking of, it's not about money, but it is about like, this is what I do. I don't know how to do anything else. What the heck is going to happen if I sit at home all day? Like, what am I going to do? Start gardening? I live in Indiana. (laughs) Like you can garden three months out of the year. That's an exaggeration, but like, uh, you know, part of it is I think there's been a lot of, and now we're getting into the psychology of baby boomers here, but in the baby boomer generation, like working and being a workaholic was a badge of honor in a way that three millennials like us can't understand. Right. Right. Uh, Yeah. And so like this workaholic, uh, phenomenon, uh, you know, part of that's gotta be playing into it too, where this is what I've known. What else is my life? If not my work. 
Yeah, I've tried to explain it to my daughter too. I think part of it is that I don't know if you guys feel this way, but this now this is really getting into some psychology stuff. But you don't change who you are to you as you age, particularly. Yeah. Like you're the same you mm-hmm. you were when you were 13. You're just the even you if you're, you're not, not. Even if even you're, if not, you're totally yeah. not. Right. right. But to you, you you have to be because otherwise, I think that would be a break that you can't really deal with. Right. And so I imagine the getting older feels that way as well. And so if you're relatively able at 60, at 70, at 80, that just sort of reinforce, like, especially if you're physically able, like if basically modern medicine can keep you kind of plodding along, then you are ripe to think that you are the same as you were 20, 30, 40 years ago. And as long as everything stays the way it was, then nothing has changed and you're still chugging on. And that's how you get to 96. And so part of it is like to ask this person, this is how they got to 96 years old. Now you should stop doing the thing that has gotten you to here. It is just, it is to say, is to ask her to stop living basically. Yeah. There's There's a lot of stories about like college football coaches who retired and then just immediately died. Yeah. Like, uh, it it just like, it just happens like that. And that was like Um, everybody who was born before like 1910 too. Don't you both have like grandparents or great grandparents? That was roughly the story. Like they retired and you know, then 18 months later they were gone. No, that's not my grand, my (laughs) grandparents story. Mine either. Uh, for various reasons. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I have Uh, several, I have enough to to go around. Yeah, no, nobody, (laughs) none of my four grandparents retired and then died. Um, uh, yeah, but the, for what it's worth, the whole workaholic thing, uh, I, one of these days when there was, or one of these times when there was a giant, giant lottery, and everybody was playing. I, right. I had at a public defender lunch. We were talking about what we would do if we won the lottery, and everybody was, you know, talking about what they would do. But also, every single person said they would keep being a public defender. Um, what? Just so less. like, he'd like, yeah, you would just do it less for yeah. love of the uh, game, and then the rest of your time you would, you know, do whatever. Like, uh, like, you know, maybe you love your job and you want to keep doing it, but in some cases, like where people's lives are in your hands, uh, maybe not the right call. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like public defender. Uh, or like, like in that case, or like being an be, article three judge. Yeah. On the federal bench. Yeah. Uh, though in that case, we would just be super rich and not, you know, uh, not older. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And able to go do something else. You'd have answers to the, what am I going to do? But so apparently the other issue with, with judge Newman was that she just like didn't comply with any of the requirements for medical testing, which I think again is like why this is not really yeah. a gray area edge case as much yeah. as it's been sort of touted as that. This is just clearly someone who just didn't comply with apparently these are the rules. These are the requirements you need to comply. Yeah. You didn't, you've been suspended. That's it. This, uh, as I read through this story, it vaguely reminded me of a story arc from the West Wing, where there was uh, a judge on the Supreme Court who was uh, issuing opinions that were in a meter, uh, like iambic pentameter or something like that, like a, in a in a poetic meter, and right. like I wish the story had a little bit more of that flavor, but that's a little too no. Aaron, Aaron I, Sorkin. I uh, thought you were gonna say this. Went, it went like flowers for Algernon, where suddenly the meter <laughs> started falling away, and I was like, "Oh, are they okay?" No, like, <laughs> no, no. This, this uh, doesn't rhyme. Yeah, 
Oh, and I mean, it was a similar sort of cognitive decline kind of story. And like, how do we handle that? So this is not a new question that we are dealing with as it relates to the judiciary. It, it's a hard question and it involves some competing policy concerns. But I think probably it's it's fairly easy in this instance to take the side of, yeah, you know what, the line should be drawn before we get to this point. And where where exactly you draw it is a much harder question, but it should have been drawn before this. Didn't pre- so this is only partially relevant, but didn't President Buchanan's wife be like give all the orders because Buchanan died, like or was like on his deathbed? Think of uh, Wilson, and, Woodrow Wilson, yeah, Edith am I, Wilson. Am I okay? Edith I'm Wilson, yeah. the president. He had a stroke, and he was. Uh, like in modern part, like uh, with modern medicine, the understanding now I think is that he was uh, catatonic. Like he was beyond just like having a bad day. He was no longer there (laughs) and she ran things for a while. And I think uh, didn't uh, Eleanor Roosevelt probably did quite a bit of FDR's sort of stuff uh, in the last year or so. That's fine. That's, that's, (laughs) that's what the conservatives would want you to think. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yeah, uh, that's true. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's have any other Speaking points. Of people who should retire already. Yes. John Riccatello. <laughs> oh, what? man. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, the CEO doing, of Unity. I'm We're doing really well on those it. transitions tonight. Yeah. Good job, yeah. guys. I was, I was, I was uh, not looking forward to trying to pronounce it. So it's Riccatello. Is that how you say it? Yes. Okay. Riccatello. Yes. That dead-eyed uh, looking yeah. uh he's the ceo of unity right right and you shall i cover this because i've been sure. popping in, off yes. on it go um so this is like the te- this is the main topic or you know mini topic main topic kind of distinct whatever right um unity so here's here's the background for people who are not uh big nerds uh little nerds. which is most of you let's be honest um the <coughs> In video games, you know, there's a to make a video game, you have to sit on top of an engine and the engine is like the tool set and the skeleton that your engine that your game runs on. Um, And some people make their own engines, but the vast majority choose to the vast majority of games are made on two engines. Unreal Engine, which is made by Epic, the Fortnite people uh, and Unity Engine, which used to be like a nonprofit almost, I think. Like a public, uh, I think it used to be open source. I might be wrong about that. This is like years and years ago. Uh, But it was like based on the idea that you could purchase individual parts of the engine from different people. People can make their own engine parts and sell them to you. But it's really been considered good for smaller games. Uh, So this is Unity. And one of the benefits that Unity had for a very long time is that it had a flat fee, like you would pay like $1,000 a year or $500 a year per person that used it. And you that is your engine, you have your engine license. Right. Uh, and so people made, you know, spend five, six years making their game in engine in Unity, and then they publish it. And they've paid like, you know, $60,000 for the use of that engine. And maybe they make $70,000, maybe they make tens of millions of dollars on that on that game. Um, that's as opposed to unreal where they make five thousand five 5% of what you make over a million dollars. So if you made a game in unreal and it made $300 million, they would take $15 million. Right. Um, 
So it was potentially more expensive to use Unreal, but also Unreal is better for like big 3D games like the Cali. So that's the situation. Most games are actually made in Unity. Most, but most of them that includes indie games, that kind of thing. Though it also like big games like Hearthstone and Marvel Snap, Assassin's Creed, Pokemon Uh, Go, Among Us. Yeah, a lot of like big time. Yeah, big 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 time like smaller scale games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That make a whole lot of money, including like Genshin Impact, which makes an incredible amount of money. Right. Um, And uh, so that was the situation, uh, is the situation. Right. This week, Unity announced a new pricing, uh, a new pricing schedule. Right. Uh, They are no longer doing flat pricing. This is their announcement. Uh, they are instead going to be charging 20 cents per install of uh, Unity. That is 20 cents anytime that somebody installs your game, they're going to charge you 20 cents beginning with installs in 2024. Right. So this is not uh, an install of Unity. This is an right, install of right. any game that is made using the Unity platform. By a right. user, by a gamer, right? Just by you or me downloading a game and installing right. it. 20 right. cents needs so, to change hands from and, the producer to So the, let's yeah. say tomorrow, everybody, n- not everybody, everybody who's getting a new iPhone this year gets a new iPhone and that gets put installed onto a new device. Extra 20 cents for Unity for every single Unity-based game that gets transferred from your old phone that you're going to sell back to your cell carrier or whoever right. onto your new phone. So like they get enriched because you bought yeah. a new phone. Yeah. So and subscription things, and, right? Like Xbox game pass, stuff like that. Right. Installations yeah. are there again. doesn't necessarily mean that this is like a sale per se. It's an install. I think there's an important distinction to yes, make there. Right? Not a sale. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's like, there's like 11 reasons why it's insane that the way that, that they decided to charge based on install. One is of yeah. course, that so many of uni games are free to play and getting 20 cents per person per person out of free to play is not a guarantee. And a lot of free to play games are based on the idea that they will just have like millions upon millions upon millions of installs and they'll get 40 cents per person, 50 cents per person. Uh, So that completely wrecks that business model. Second, it includes reinstalls by the same person. This is the initial announcement. It includes reinstalls per, by the same person on the same device. And they confirmed that that was true. Right. And so <laughs> if somebody hated you, they could just keep deleting and reinstalling and deleting and reinstalling and just r- rack up your bill. Like it's or a say, service attack on your bank account. Or yeah. say, for example... Uh, there's an iOS update on my phone for my phone. Yeah. And <laughs> right. in, or, in, in order to install this iOS update, I need to make some space on my phone to download the update so that it can install. So this literally happened. I, I deleted the solitaire version uh, off my phone so that I could install iOS 17. Like right. that's another 10 cents, 20 cents no. for Unity right there. Like, good job, guys. You earned it. Think of people who sync uh, app downloads across uh, a certain, like, say, the entire Apple ecosystem. So, like, if you sync it to your iPad, like, I will never play this game on my iPad, but I happen to download it on my phone. Now it's on my iPad. Now it's maybe on my Apple TV. Yeah. Now it's on, you know, whatever else. Yeah, you could, one person who will play the game once or twice could easily be four or five installations, no problem. Yeah, right. Yep. Even if they're not doing anything wrong. uh, Right. Or even if they're not trying to mess with you. And just before Uh, you go any further with that, just really quickly. um, So Unity had ties to, apparently it was was, uh, announced at a worldwide 
Worldwide Developers Conference for Apple in 2005. It was meant to yeah democratize game development by making it accessible to more developers. So I don't know if it was open source in terms of its licensing, but the idea was that it was going to make it like it was. I mean, obviously, this was in the era when they were trying to make gaming on the Mac happen, and so that's I think probably what this was intended to be, really. But in an attempt to get games on the Mac, what they were trying to say was like, look, indie developers, here's a fully built uh, game engine that you can just jump on. Like, it'll be much cheaper. It'll be much easier. So to your, to your point, not open source in terms of licensing, but open source right. in terms of sort of democratizing, you know, making it more available for our smaller uh, production houses and stuff. Well, Sorry, and this was, this was the engine for iOS games <laughs> when the App Store was released in 2008. Like, this was what you built your, your iPhone games on. Right. And a lot okay. of terrible games have that unity like splash screen. Yeah. Uh, because and like that's a sign that the game is usually going to be bad, but mm. it's not because it's built in unity. It's because you're required to have that splash screen. If you use the free version of unity that it exists ah. mm. uh, okay. or the cheaper version. Uh, so because of that, everybody associates unity with bad, but actually that's just because it's unprofessional productions using that. Um, but so let's say, okay, so that's the fee. So maybe you say, okay, well, I'm not going to make y- games in Unity. And, you know, then that sucks, but whatever. Uh, well, guess what? If you made a game in Unity or spent years making it and it's about to come out, you still are bound by this because if you've updated any time in the last year, because they removed the portion of their TOS that said that if you don't like an update on the TOS, you can continue using the old version and right. uh, and still use the same TOS. And so what that means is that, for example, Hearthstone, uh, which came out like, what, like eight, 10 years ago, Long 12 time years ago. ago or something like that. Uh, 2014, I think. Um, if yep. you made Hearth- released Hearthstone, uh, they are going, you can't even stop it. Uh, you can't sell any new copies. You can't a lot, uh, release any new copies after 2024 without, um, uh, without paying this fee. But even if you didn't, uh, even if you remove this from the store, people can still install things that they bought from like steam. Like sure. you can't take that away because you've, they've bought it. And under the right. steam conditions, they get to reinstall it however much they want, because that's what they purchase. Right. They, you can't remove it like that. Mm. And so uh, so this is retroactive. They keep saying it's not retroactive because it's not going to count installs before 2024. But it's retroactive because it completely changes the business deal that they've been making with all these games from, since, from the beginning of time. Like everything yeah. you they like large, meaningful businesses like Microsoft, who, for example, put games on game pass which are also meant to get as many people to install it as possible like base their revenue projections on the unity business you know right. the business uh the deal that they were so- selling sure uh and they silently removed that that uh, provision of the tos that allowed you to continue and also deleted the evidence of the old tos um, <laughs> from That's github awesome. which used to be on on uh yeah, which used to be it used to be on GitHub, and now they got deleted. Thank you, Ray um, Mac Machine, for saving that for us. Yeah, yeah. and I looked at the TOS. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I I looked through the TOSs because I was just like, wow, is this is this legal? Uh, I don't think it is, 
like in the EU or anywhere else, including in America for a number of reasons. Like, uh, but it would, you'd have to go to court over that. And that sucks because you're going to be waiting. You're trying to have a business right? and you're going to be waiting for the results of that lawsuit uh, for months and months while you, while this business and you, you might not be able to sell the game that you're trying to make uh, with the license because the people who didn't want that, who have the license or you need the authority to sell uh, the license from are saying, you're going to have to pay us like way, way more than you thought that you're going to have to. Um, yeah. And there is sort of a sinister undertone here. I, I think you mentioned it. I don't want to steal your idea. I think you said it in, in our Slack that like this seems to suggest that there's going to be some mechanism by which they could track installations. And yes, that it right. For I sure. mean, th- they're sort of transmitting that, right? That if it's not already somehow built in, it's. I mean, I guess it's probably not. I would imagine one of the dev- like a developer would notice something like that. Though I don't yeah. exactly know how you like programming on top of a gaming engine. Would you necessarily know that that engine phones home or is that so discreet? The code we, is so separate that you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be aware. You could know. I think the the only way that I can imagine you knowing is if you check like, you know, web traffic or something on installs. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if they, they were able to, you know, shield that or something. I have no idea, right. but they, so that's another part of it, which is the, how much are they charging you? Like you developers don't have access to how many people, how many times people installed one of their games. They just have no idea. They know how many sure they enough. sell, yeah. but they know, but they Maybe. don't know how many times it's installed. Yeah. And so the developer is like, so what are you basing this bill on? What are they base you basing this on? And they're like, it's proprietary. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, trust us, bro. Sure. We're going to charge you the right amount. Um, and what is an install? Is an install transferring it from? So if I had a backup drive and I had it on one drive and I moved it to another, is that an install? Absolutely. It, I mean, it, there's all these questions that are like, yeah. you, they just if you install it on a virtual machine. It's an install on right. a new machine. You run yeah. the executable to install it. You run the package file to install it. Like it's there's your 10 yeah. cents, 20 cents. What about updates to existing games? Right. Mm. I imagine same thing because it's still built. I don't on the think, same I'm not sure about updates. And so it's funny because they, so after this came out, there were, you know, 15 questions, burning questions about how this could work. Also, how dare you? Uh, And (laughs) the entire develop, like I've never seen an entire industry of companies coming out and saying like, how dare you? What the heck? This is messed up. Like I've seen this. We had, there was a, the company that made Slay the Spire put out an image saying like we've never made a public statement before but you screwed this up so bad we're gonna we're gonna (laughs) have to we're gonna delay our game if you don't take this back what the hell there's something like that right Hmm. uh and it was in that kind of language um and they put out like a fact which you know the faq right um like saying they aren't gonna count charity bundles they aren't gonna count they are no longer, they've decided they're no longer going to count reinstalls by the same person on the same machine. Cool. Um, oh, and it's like, great. how do you know Very what generous. I, they also said things like game pass won't count because the publishers will pay for it. And they were just like, how was that? What, what does that mean? Like, What's up? How what, <laughs> right. did you agree with them on this? Oh, don't worry. About um, it. how do you know what's going to be in a charity bundle? How do you know what's a charity? <laughs> um, and it's just like, it didn't make it made it worse because it just showed they had no idea what was going on or they just had, they weren't telling 
anybody what was going on. Uh, and this is this is like a the professionalism level of like an a message board moderator, uh, except <laughs> right. it's a a company with billions of dollars in revenue. This um, seems to me like the, this whole thing seems to me to really have very, very strong echoes of what happened with Reddit just a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, where Reddit decided, hey, we're tired of these AI models getting trained on our data set that's been publicly available because you can just have your AI model crawl through Reddit using the API. So we're going to start charging a ridiculous amount for that. And by the way, screw all you developers who are using this API to make like actually good Reddit clients. Right. And similarly, we've got like, oh, hey, we're going to publish this uh platform where game developers, even novice game developers can go out and develop these cool new games. And yeah, a bunch of them suck, but some of them are really good. You mentioned Slay the Spire. Like that's a really fun game that tons of people know and love. And like, uh, so we're going to take all of that goodwill and set it on fire because we think that by the time the hullabaloo dies down from people getting pissed about this, that we're going to end up way further ahead financially. And uh, boy, does as much I, I that whole Reddit fiasco caused me to delete the Reddit app off my phone. Like I, right. I essentially don't use it anymore. Uh, and uh, like, you know what? This is a way to get me to be pretty pissed at Unity. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make me stop playing games that are built on Unity because I don't want to penalize the developers. Yeah. Right. Uh, but also, like, I don't want the developers to be penalized by Unity for me re-downloading Slay the Spire on my phone tomorrow when my new iPhone gets yeah. here. Just buy it and never download it. That's the, yeah. you know, yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. That's, pen, like that's penalizing me. Yeah. I'm not penalizing myself. Right. Um, and the, obviously, like, it's not in effect yet. So it's like yeah. my literal tomorrow install is not going to be a problem. But, you know, next year it becomes a problem. Yeah. The, and and I think the they shifted case. So go ahead, Andrew. No, I was I'm, just gonna say, I, I think go they shifted. Thing. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. I was just gonna say I think they the, the fi- my understanding is the final point now is that there's like a threshold thing for like two hundred thousand dollars and well, that was also yeah, that was okay. also their selling point, which is you had to make at least two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that was in the initial bad idea. That was, oh, okay. okay, And so they were like, it's only going to affect 90% or like 10% of you. And of course, (laughs) it's like, if you're successful, we're going to penalize you. Right. Um, And that, that points to the business case, which is like, really, they're like, we have this, these giant games, like, I think Honkai Star Wars might be on Unity. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, Genshin, Genshin Impact, Genshin Impact is the Hearthstone, one. Marvel Snap that are making a ton of money. We should, we want to grab a piece of that. And right. so we don't really care about what happens to the indie gaming, the Slay of the Spires. We don't really care that much about that. We don't make very much money off of that. Mm-hmm. We make a lot of money off of ads because they have a whole other half of the business that just serves ads. And then we make a lot of, we can make a lot of money off of the, the Genshin impacts because that's really the way to make money. Uh, but to me, th- this is different from the Reddit thing because Reddit users really don't care about tech stuff. And, you know, I, you know, that kind of thing, they, maybe they have a third party app that they like, but, but like, I think we talked about it before. I think 70% go with the default or just use yeah. the web, something like that. Most people don't really care that much. And there's a clear business case of, 
we're going to send you to the place where we get money for ads uh, because that's our business model is serving ads. So there's a clear case there. Here, it doesn't make any sense to me at all because you're targeting the giant companies who can afford to build their own engine if they really want yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. who has the money that, and then you're killing the indie people who, you know, you don't care about those. Uh, you're not the people that don't have the money to make the, to go to the new engines are those people. Uh, so it doesn't make any sense to me because really they're driving everybody who they could actually give them money to away from their product, yeah. which is, and they're, so to me, it doesn't make any sense, even as a money-making ploy. Uh, and I think they they have now fully retracted, kind of. They've now said, okay, we're going to go back into the thought, <laughs> right. thought process machine and yeah. come back to you once we have a new plan. Uh, but they are not talking about what it is. Yeah. Uh, they, in response to all of this, a lot of free-to-play developers turned off their Unity ad service like yeah. 500 or something uh, like pretty major developers with like billions of downloads yeah. said that we were turning off our ad service until you reverse this decision. Yeah. Among uh, us, among us announced that the developer of among us uh, announced yeah. that they were switching off of unity because of this. I'm like, I, that's gotta I, be why tight. wouldn't you i've got yeah. i've got i've got elementary and middle school aged kids who are like among us is the thing right now yeah uh and so like that's a big deal to lose among us if they were generating income for you before like bye yeah if they're yeah. changing i mean like the obvious answer why you wouldn't is because it's a huge pain and it's a ton of work to switch your game to a different engine right uh yeah. but yeah. like it's everybody who has the money to change will do it and also you are saying they and they made this clear in their FAQ. We, they reserve the right to change the business deal on you whenever they want to. Um, right. So even if they reverted it back to exactly as it was, why would you you should be planning to get off this ship? Right. Because right? they like can't be go. trusted. Like yeah. they are they removed their portion of the TOS, which gave you any kind of certainty about how much they were you, you were going to have to pay them. Yeah. Uh, so if you are. And it's not like Reddit because these are businesses that are making conscious business decisions Yeah, who are making very intentional, like whether or not you go to Reddit, you can absentmindedly go to Reddit. I absently mindedly go to Reddit. Can't right. absentmindedly choose a game engine. And right. so, sure. Uh, I think this is going to, this has already played out terribly for them. I think their game engine business is basically dead. Uh, yeah, like I, it's mm. it's as walking zombie until they get new a totally new revamp of how they're about of their TOS and their management because nobody's gonna trust them. The whole uh, and like we have games that are in the hopper, uh, but that will probably come out on Unity. But starting a new game on Unity is gonna be a real hard proposition. Yeah. The whole the whole notion that's been happening for the past year, I, I think it's really ramped up in the past year where there's this whole phenomenon, especially it seems like in tech of we are going to intentionally do this really stupid thing that we probably you have smart people at running these companies. I, I wonder the extent to which, yeah, yes, that's, that's fair. He who shall not be named uh, <laughs> is not included. Uh, but 
we have smart people running these companies. I wonder the extent to which they're just intentionally shifting the Overton window here of let's see how much we can piss people off and then walk it back so that we look like, oh, we listen to feedback and then we'll do something that's terrible, but less terrible than we wanted to do in the first place. And like, this is now a strategy that people are adopting and I'm not happy about it. And uh, frankly, I'm inclined to punish people who I suspect of doing that. So Unity yeah. just made my list of companies to punish in addition to Reddit and you know the I, other place. There's really no way to punish Unity is the problem. Yeah. Uh, Don't develop least, your game there. At least you're not gonna, yeah, well, unless you're a game dev. And I'm not a game developer. Sue my bad boss, uh, the you know, the, yeah. the <laughs> alternate reality game or whatever, yeah. right? Don't launch it with Unity. That's yeah. I mean, there's probably the I think there's a if it I, I send a comment to the FTC about how these guys are apparently gathering data they're not supposed to have on people's devices and installs. Mm. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm guessing like Apple's pretty good about that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm sure Apple is listening, but I'm, they're pretty good about sort of restricting other people from being able to. So I'm thinking this was something they were hoping to roll out ahead of 04. Like, I'm wondering if they were going to be demand, like for the different platforms, would they be trying to get this information from the app store uh, owner? Right. So like Apple, in the case of maybe Google play store, that kind of stuff. Maybe they're going to try to get it at those points because it's hard for me to imagine. I don't think they would do that though. I don't think Apple or steam are playing ball on that. No, I don't think they would either. But so likening Mm. these things, you guys were both talking a little bit about Twitter uh, and yeah, or X, sorry, and Reddit. One thing that I'm I'm finding interesting and I've been sort of working over in my head and I wonder if you guys have any thoughts on it is there seems to be like I get I get Jason's point. The like um, he who shall not be named and then Reddit sort of shifting the Overton window, sort of like um, seeing how far they can go without losing all of their customer base and trying to basically cash in. There seems to be a sudden rush by a lot of companies, a lot of tech companies especially, to try to make a lot of money very quickly right now. Where it just it didn't seem to be what was going on for a long time. There's a lot of like gathering eyeballs and and you know there's money here somewhere we know there is. And I'm wondering to what extent because like so so Unity was started in 2005, uh, Twitter is like 2006, Reddit is a little bit earlier than that but like in that kind of era. There was that time where there was like just a lot of VC money flowing around and interest rates were pretty low, money was pretty cheap. And so you saw a lot of these kind of companies that didn't really have a plan for making a lot of yeah. money. Uh, crop up and, yeah. and persist and stick around. Whereas maybe in any other era, they don't make it past month six. They so just you're, they, they, you're wondering whether this is the venture capital chickens coming home to roost. A little bit, yeah. If this is just sort of all of that, you're going to see all of those sorts of companies founded in you know the aughts in that like rough era. St- they're running out of money. Like it, it, it's getting yeah. tight now, and it's time to start. Like, okay, how are we really going to do this? I don't, you know, maybe he who shall not be named has shown us the way, and it's just. Do whatever you need to do. Charge people money. Make the money. Yeah. yeah. Well, Unity was, I believe, Unity was a perfectly fine business when it was just a game engine business, and I'm they sure. weren't trying to do a million different things. Right. Uh, but then they tried to become. They went got into AI and also film production, and yeah. they bought like three huge businesses. Spent a ton of money on it. Right. So maybe they are running out of money now. Uh, because, you know, they tried to they went, you know, full business brain and tried to shoot the moon, uh, follow all the trends. And I, I'm sure they got it. I think they got into NFTs. Um, yeah. 
and they're publicly traded. So now you're in, yeah. if you're not, if there's not exponential growth, you're basically contracting, right? Like yeah. that, that. Model. Yeah. If you, if you're not growing, you're dead and you're fired right. by the, uh, you know, whoever, um, yeah, they definitely, they made a lot of purchases that they need money for. I think right. that as for the Overton window shifting, they could have gotten away with like, they would, they would have been, it would have been a lot better move to do something that was much less like baffling than an install fee. Cause the install fee just doesn't make any sense at a functional level. It causes you, causes you to cost like question the competence of the people that thought it was a good idea because yeah. charging based on install, it doesn't cost unity anything to insta- to get something installed. The developers have no control over it. Uh, it's question. There's no way to right. track it. It doesn't make any sense. It's not tied um, to any kind of actual outlay by Unity, is what you're saying, right. right? So it's like it doesn't. That's not the point where you'd go. Well, how many hot dogs are leaving the hot dog stand? We need to get something for each one of those. This is like way downstream. Yeah, yeah. it's right. It's like if Unreal. This is a hot dog stand. Stand. Right. Unreal charges developers based on how many hot dogs they sell. Right. Right. Or how much money they make selling hot dogs. Right. Unity is charging based on how many hot dogs the people ate. Right. Uh, and it's right. like, bro, they left my house. Right. Like, I don't know. Are you following them home? Right. No, you're not following them home. How do you know? Oh, right. you know, we have a proprietary method of determining how many <laughs> hot dogs they ate. Oh, right. thanks, bro. We're hooked into um, the sewer system. Yeah, it just doesn't yeah. make any like any sense. <laughs> right. Uh, if they had come out with, okay, we're we're charging you five percent income your revenue, just like Unreal did. Right. I think it would have been much less of a fight. It would have been a fight still because you're still changing the changing the deal from underneath the the developers that have been making investments based on one deal. Uh, but it would have been a fight that made a lot more sense. Right. Right. Um, but also they've like if they really had to go back and undercut this deal that they made, destroy trust, I don't think this business was going to survive. I don't think they had to. Cause but if they did, yeah, they're done. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Because no, like nobody's going to trust you after you cut, change the deal on them after you don't give them an opt out for the new business arrangement and by opt out as in like you don't update unity. You can, you can take away, you know, future support or something. But once you've started working on Unity, you should be able to be baked in. Uh, it seems otherwise, to me that, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, the the visionaries of the last year or so, I'm doing visionaries, I'm doing sarcastic air quotes, have been not like daring to ask what's possible, but like daring to ask how much they can get away with. You know what yeah. I mean? Because like, like, we've had these same discussions, right, about like X and stuff with, with, with you know, bringing undesirables back on and you know, how are you going to still sell to advertisers, right? It doesn't make any sense. Why would you do this? You need money now. Why wouldn't you try to make this the most appealing uh, uh, platform for, advertise, for advertisers to purchase ads on? But you do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Right. It seems yeah. like the, the current thing is just like questioning every all like traditional business um, you know, dogma, but like the weirdest ones, right? The strangest, just like you're saying, like, well, what if we just tie it to something completely arbitrary, like installations? I don't know. Maybe we'll get away with it. Let's try it rather than right. Trying to revamp the business in some way that makes sense. It's just, uh, I don't know, like whatever used to be the, the, this, this couldn't possibly work this business plan. Now it is like de facto the way to do it. 
it's so funny that this is all happening when like the stock market is doing perfectly fine. <laughs> like right, it's yeah. not. <laughs> and they're a publicly traded company, right? So yeah. like, yeah, they're not. I mean, from what I was looking at, I mean, their, they're their going down price. now and, you know. Right. Sure. As you would expect when Shocking. like most, yeah, when all the developers revolted. But like prior to that, it wasn't like they were in the toilet or anything from what I could tell. I didn't look over yeah. their last 10 years or whatever, but they right. seem to be doing yeah, okay. They, they started way high. They started way higher. The stock price is about half of what it used to be. And it's like down three quarters from its peak. I think it peaked at like 120 or so. And now it's down around 30. Um, As most did probably, right? Like COVID era to now, basically. The, the tech, it, it was a tech company that was selling AI, selling that it was going to be like doing AI and, and Hollywood and military applications. Right. And it was going to do sure. everything. And so that's why they have like thousands of employees. Uh, right. When we have Godot, which is an open source game engine, which does a lot of what Unity does. Uh, which is probably like written by like a teenager yeah, yeah. in Helsinki or something. Um, That's what I was going to say. It's like one 19-year-old guy yeah. in Sweden. Yeah, It's the three Mastodon. employees plus like right. a bunch of commute members of the community doing free work. But it's yeah. still right. not employees. It's um, the Mastodon of the game platform industry. Right. Yeah, and I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I downloaded it just to play around with it. And I discovered I am not a programmer. So how about that? <laughs> I've yeah. made that discovery several times. Shocking. Myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's bad on you, Unity. I yeah. don't think we have anything more to say other than, you know, I'm yeah. shaking my, I'm, oh, this is an audio format, but I'm shaking my, my finger at, at uh, Unity. I don't know. We uh, didn't even get into the, like the adhesion contract nonsense. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> there's too much the, to talk about with it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's plenty of other ripples. Maybe we'll save that for your equitable the next, defenses. The next Fortnite, yeah. or like, yeah, detrimental reliance and yeah, uh, sure. all all kinds of stuff like that. So the 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 analysis doesn't necessarily end with this, but the podcast does necessarily end. Yeah. With this. <laughs> well, well, we can just pray for a lawsuit, and then we'll have a chance to talk about it again. Yeah, there you go. Go forth and sue. Yeah. All right. Recommendations, fellas. What do you guys got? I put in Starfield because I think we all played it. Uh, yeah. I think we all have the same opinion. Yeah. So it's, far, it's okay. It's okay. It's a. It's a. It, I wouldn't spend the gigabytes on it if you don't. <laughs> if no. you're not a huge into Bethesda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I. I. I feel like I'm missing something. Like I don't get it, or I don't. I don't know. It, it's just. Uh, it's not. It's not clicking for me. Um. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's exactly what I expected a Bethesda game to do. It's Fallout Four. Uh, it's mm. got some nice aspects of it. It's Fallout Four in space. There's some mm. other parts of it that make it a little, like I like building the ship. I that's that's the thing that I have enjoyed doing. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's like, man, some of the writing is just painful. Uh, there's yeah, a bad. so minor minor spoilers because honestly none of these stories are that interesting but there's a ceo character uh in one of the stories where the ceo completely screws over a group of workers and then hires a group of mercenaries to then again then go and kill those workers As and the do. reason he did that is to protect his business his business yeah. and at the end of that you get a choice to let him go or basically say I'm taking you in, which results in you killing him because he won't go quietly. And it's presented as a moral choice between whether or not you want to let him go and thus save the company and save jobs or bring him <laughs> to justice. And all the characters talk to you like this was a hard decision. 
Mm. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? This guy was a murderer. Yeah. For a sumibadboss.com guy, this must be like, you just keep playing that. Do you save there and then just move back and just do that over and over again? No. It's insane. No. That was a spoiler for me. I didn't get to that plot line. So no. well, yeah, I, 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 very, I changed a bunch of details. So you might not... Uh, he was actually a very good boss. And yeah. You kill him anyway. <laughs> there are a lot uh, of bosses in this game, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, it's just, I don't know. It's not clicking for me. Like I said, it just seems it's fine. Like, yeah, as you said, it's interesting. There's little aspects that are fun. I feel like I spend a lot of times in cut scenes. I spend a lot of time doing inventory management. Yeah. That's the it worst. Is a, yeah. It's like a game, oh, yeah. like unpacking a backpack basically all the time. A lot of shifting between ships, the ship yeah. and yourself and partners, a lot yeah. of going to a map and clicking on a planet and seeing, oh, I can't fast travel for whatever reason. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, you know, a lot of menus. Uh, but All you right. know, it's good. There's a good, good game. Uh, Lies of P, uh, okay. which is just came out also on Game Pass. Uh, it's a Souls like if you like Souls likes games like mm. Bloodborne and Elden Ring. Right. Uh, it's the first Souls-like game not made by Friendsoft that's like actually good. It's a Pinocchio game. You play as Pinocchio, uh, and Geppetto is there, and Gemini is there. Gem Gemini. Gemini. It's not Gemini. It okay. is Gemini. Okay. With a G. I don't know. I think like that's like the original book. Maybe it's a book thing because it's based okay. on the book or like the writing of that Pinocchio came from. I didn't even know there was a Pinocchio before the Disney cartoon or whatever. It's uh, gotta be a German thing, right? Isn't, isn't every one of those? Italian? It's Italian. Oh, is it Italian? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, actually it's one of the best, like kind of B games I've ever seen, uh, ever played. Uh, but honestly, I'm probably going to get taken away from that because cyberpunk, the uh, cyberpunk expansion is coming out and I'm stoked for that. So, mm. Yeah. So is it Pinocchio, but like Pinocchio is dark? I'm looking at this and, no. and is the, 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 He's the Timothy gentleman. Chalamet. It's Timothy Chalamet Pinocchio. It's not actually Timothy Chalamet, but it just imagine it's, you, you, it's the same. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I might try it's, that. Uh, well, it's a dark world. Pinocchio is not dark, but it's a dark world where like puppets have gone mad and are like killing everybody in the town of Krat. It uh, sounds like me telling my daughter a, uh, a bedtime story. <laughs> dark world puppets have gone mad everything yes bad. yeah everything's yeah. bad you you just don't want her to sleep ever no no yeah no uh so my recommendation is not starfield starfield f- fine whatever whatever it can hold my attention for 30 to 45 minutes at a time uh my i have a history of making food and beverage recommendations on here. Something that escaped my attention for a long time was something called a long drink. Do you guys know what a long drink is? No No idea. It is a Finnish, uh, a Finnish beverage as in Finland. Uh, and, uh, there is one that's like a popularized distribution of it. I understand it to be uh, like a category of drinks, but there's one popular one in the United States and basically it tastes like a boozy Fresca and I love a Fresca. Let me tell you, uh, good. it's just a great, you know, summer and still warm fall beverage and, uh, uh yeah, just a delightful thing to enjoy. There's one in my refrigerator right now calling my name. A classic long drink is a Tom Collins. A simple style of long drink is the highball. I could see you being hmm. somebody who would order a highball somewhere. 
I don't know that I ever have, but uh, <laughs> I can now, imagine it. Maybe now, based on this description, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like grapefruit. Yeah. Awesome. And me too. All right. Well, I think on that note, we are, uh, we're done our show. We are adjourned. Outro music. We are adjourned. We have one. that. Yeah. I got one of these. <laughs> gavel. Yeah. Gavel, gavel, gavel. It's an audio medium, Jacob. You have to describe it with words. Yeah. I just... don't want actually want to hit it because that would be very loud. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Good night, guys.